for the first time since 2014, Florida State has defeated the Clemson Tigers. What's going on, FSU fans? I am still Kyle Wright. This is the Know It All podcast. Uncensored, unconquered, 4-0. Just went into Death Valley and defeated the Clemson Tigers in Death Valley for the first time since 2013. Defeated Clemson for the first time since 2014. And you just feel like this was the hump that Florida State had to get over. Like, I I kept telling my friends, like, we have a big group chat, uh, me and a bunch of FSU fans, and I I kept telling them for a long time, like, I'm not a believer in this team until they beat Clemson. Beating LSU is great, clearly, clearly. But I'm not a believer until we beat Clemson. Now, you know, was it pretty? No. Florida State's still not healthy. Uh, Jordan Travis still not healthy. We'll talk a, a lot more about that later. But, you know, still missing a couple starters. Mo Smith was clearly wasn't himself. Akeem Dent down. Robert Scott down. Run game is still struggling to get going. But, you know, for the most part, it just wasn't a pretty game. But with that being said, it's in Death Valley. That's a tough place to go play. They've only lost twice there over the last, like, I think, like five or six years. And here we are. We did it. You feel like this was the hump that Florida State needed to get over to be a serious contender in college football. And uh, I'm damn proud of them for going up there and getting it done. Let's go through the scoring recap here. The two teams would trade punts on their first two possessions. That would, uh, and Then Clemson would get the ball back, go 79 yards and 15 plays, and it would cap it off with a Jonathan White's 30-yard touchdown that would put Clemson up 3 to nothing. FSU would then go three plays, negative seven yards, and gave Clemson a ton of momentum as they were able to answer that with a seven-play, 51-yard touchdown drive that would be capped off by a one-yard touchdown run by Cade Klubnik. That would put the Clemson Tigers up 10 to nothing. Florida State would finally get going offensively, going 75 yards and 13 plays and a drive that would end seeing Keon Coleman catch a seven-yard touchdown pass from Jordan Travis. This would uh, put Florida State down 7-10. to Clemson then comes right back with a fast, fast, way too fast. Going to talk about this in a little bit, but man. They were having their way with our defense in the first half. Clemson came right back. Quick touchdown drive, 71 yards, seven plays. Will Shipley, 10-yard touchdown catch from Cade Klubnik. Man, I am ready for Will Shipley to get the fuck away from Clemson. FSU responded immediately with a 75-yard touchdown drive that would end in a two-yard run by Jordan Travis. This would put him in a tie with Chris Winkie for the most touchdowns in Florida State history. FSU would get the ball after half and drove the ball down the field immediately to kick a game-tying 48-yard field goal that would tie the game at 17 apiece. Um, I got some got some stuff to say about Ryan Fitzgerald a little bit later on, so stick around for that for sure. The two teams then again traded punts, and Clemson would go 77 yards in 11 plays and cap their drive off with a one-yard touchdown run by Will Shipley and... 
My gosh, there's that guy again, right? Florida State's offense is going dormant. They come back out. They go three and out. And Clemson's up 24-17 at this point. And you got to think, if they score on this drive, any kind, you know, whether to go up 27-17 or whether to go up 34-17, I'm sorry, 31-17, Florida State's probably dead in the water here. And, you know, it's hard to say because it's in the third quarter, but I it's hard to imagine coming back from a two-score deficit in the second half in Death Valley because that crowd was going to get going. It wouldn't happen. On Clemson's next drive, Kalen D. Loach, the man himself, would sack Caleb, uh, Cade Klubnik, force a big-time fumble. He'd recover the ball himself, a uh, little bit of a tango there with some other teammates. But the blocking downfield was incredible, and uh, Kalen Deloach was able to recover his own forced fumble and take it all the way to the house for a touchdown. He got the sack, the forced fumble, the fumble recovery, and the fumble return touchdown on that play. This would tie the game at 24, and this was the momentum breaker that Florida State needed. Wow, it was an incredible play, and you really... um. Incredible blocking downfield by some of the defensive linemen. And, uh, you know, to go along with that, you think about how Mike Norvell races his players every day in practice, and it's usually defensive linemen. And, I mean, their speed showed right here. That's, ah, man, a lot to say. A lot to say. I I love Mike Norvell, though. I, I think that, you know, there's some issues with play calling in some moments, but... The guy's still learning. The guy's still technically young for a head coach. And I believe, man. I believe in Mike Norvell. I believe in what he's able to do in Tallahassee. And I, I think that, you know, you got to make sure that he's taken care of by all means. And he gets the things he needs and he gets the things he wants. Both teams would have a chance at the end of the game to pretty much end it on their final drives but couldn't. Uh, Clemson drove down and missed a field goal. If you go on, uh, if you go on some of the message boards, they're trying to say that they think the field goal was good, but it uh, it was not. It was not even close to being good. Um, it was wide left. I I don't know how stupid you have to be to think that that field goal was even close to being good, but whatever. Uh, Florida State didn't get an opportunity and would get a couple of first downs, but they weren't able to capitalize. They would turn the ball over on downs, shout pretty shallow into Clemson territory. Around the, like the 40, the 45, it was definitely out of uh, Ryan Fitzgerald's range for a field goal, and it was a little too short for a punt. Wasn't mad at him for going for it on the fourth down. Didn't love the play call, which, again, is something that Mike Norvell is going to have to work on, whether it's him, whether it's Alex Atkins. It's going to have to be worked on going down the stretch because this schedule doesn't get any easier. We'll talk more about that here in a little bit. The game would head to overtime, tied at 24, and you kind of felt like that favorite FSU in a big way. Just because keeping us scoring, keeping us from scoring on the 25 was it's gonna be a difficult task at any point with all the playmakers that FSU has. Even even with Jordan Travis not being himself, it, it's it's really tough to ask. And uh and it was. Uh Florida State would score in two plays. It was a one-yard run and then a 24-yard touchdown pass from Jordan Travis to Keon Coleman, who says, if you're going to go one-on-one with me, it ain't 50-50, it's 80-20, and I don't think he was lying. It was a perfect pass from Travis, 
It was a great catch from Keon Coleman. Florida State would take the lead 31-24. to And this touchdown pass gave Jordan Travis the all-time lead in FSU history. Uh, breaking the tie there that he created earlier in the game with Chris Winkie. And now Jordan Travis stands alone at the top of the leaderboard for the most touchdowns responsible for in Florida State history. Got a, an interesting, maybe, I don't know if it's going to be a debate or a conversation. Definitely going to talk about this next week during the bye week. And I'll tell you guys the details of that here in just a second. The Noles would then stop Clemson from even getting a first down and won the game 31-24 to in overtime, which is ironic because the last time they beat Clemson was in 2014, and it took overtime then as well. That ended with a Carlos Williams touchdown run. Shout out to my boy Los. And uh, Florida State beat Clemson in Death Valley. Now, you know, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't exactly the way we wanted. I think a lot of FSU fans thought we could blow them out. I kind of thought the potential was there as well with the roster we have. I mean, we're clearly more talented than Clemson, but, you know, Dabo Sweeney is still a top three or four coach in college football, and that's easily. You know, the dude's won two national championships. The guy's been to a couple of national championships. I think he's been to four without looking it up immediately. Or three, three or four. Regardless, the guy knows what he's doing. The guy's a great coach. Going into Death Valley and getting a win is not easy. And shout out to the Knowles for being able to go in there and do it. And shout out to the Knowles for not giving up. Because you could have gave up down 10 nothing. The crowd was going ape shit. They could have gave up down 17-7. They could have gave up down 24-17. They just didn't do it, man. They 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 kept fighting, and you know that's that's kind of the difference with these Florida State teams that we're seeing today compared to Florida State teams from back a few years ago. This, this team doesn't lay down for anybody. This team's not going to, and that's a big time testament to Mike Norvell and the staff that he's been able to build, and like just building a culture, a never say die culture. I love it, man. Go Knowles. All right, so going to get into some of the stats from the game. Uh, before I do that, I'm going to take just a quick breather for myself. Looking at the box score here, Jordan Travis was 21 of 37 for 289 yards passing, two touchdowns. It will give him a quarterback rating of 87.2, which is pretty impressive for thinking that he just was not himself in this game. Trey Benson, seven carries, 25 yards. Uh, the rush the rush offense just continues to struggle. They couldn't get anything going yesterday. Uh, they, I mean, for instance, 20 carries for 22 yards. And that's, you know, of course, Jaheim Bell had minus two. Jordan Travis had minus two. The sack yardage gets included in college football. So it just wasn't a good day running the football for Florida State. Um which has kind of been the tail of the season. This is something that needs to be worked on, but I don't think it can get worked on without uh, Robert Scott healthy, without the full starting offensive line. So hopefully able to get that done soon. Uh, receiving numbers, 
Johnny Wilson, big Johnny, with some huge catches down the stretch. Five catches for 94 yards. Still looking for that first touchdown of the season for Johnny Wilson. Keon Coleman, five catches for 86 yards and two touchdowns. Trey Benson had three catches for 50 yards. And, you know, not Trey Benson not really able to get it going on the ground this year, but made an excellent, like, back shoulder, toe-tapping uh, catch for a first down. And Trey Benson, still a big-time weapon that just hasn't been able to get going yet. But you remember last year, he didn't get going until about week five. So it's not over for Will, or for Will Benson. I'm a, I'm a Cincinnati Reds fan, too. If, I, if I've said Will Benson at all, that's why. But Trey Benson, three catches, 50 yards. Jaheim Bell, three catches for 26 yards. Uh, Kyle Morlock, two for 18. Toa Feely, three for 15. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, lead tackles uh, tied at the top with Shaheen Brown and Kevin Knowles. Kevin Knowles kind of slid into that safety role and was able to have a decent little game. I think he got picked on for a little while, but was able to pick himself back up. Um, of course, you know, the big stat came from Kevin or Kalen Deloach, who had a sack, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, and a touchdown in this game. Uh, other sacks were made in this game. Josh Farmer, Patrick Payton had himself a big one before halftime. Only three sacks. Another issue for Florida State so far this season. Not really able to get a whole lot of pressure on the quarterback yet, which is damn disappointing for you know a defensive line that features Patrick Payton, uh, that features Josh Farmer, Braden Fisk, Fabian Lovett, Gilbert Edmond, and the big guy, Jared Verse. I, I I wish they were able to get more pressure on the quarterback, man. It just it's not happening so far. But again, by week schedule's been kind of tough. You know, I, I mean at Boston College, inexcusable. Um, a couple since I reported this last week, a couple more people have come out and confirmed the flu reports for FSU, which they they definitely looked a little bit like less sluggish this week. But I'm still not like I'm still not buying it. But to go in there, 81,000 uh, 81, Clemson fans going going berserk. You know, some struggles were expected. That pretty much wraps up the um, wraps up the box score summary. Uh, some things I would have liked to have seen done better, but in, in the end of the day, it is what it is. Going to go over some ACC scores. NC State beat Virginia twenty four to twenty one. North Carolina beat Pittsburgh 41-24. to Drake May only had one touchdown pass, and it was left-handed. Kind of crazy. Duke, or I'm sorry, number 18 Duke beats UConn 41-7. to Number 20 Miami beats Temple 41-7. to Syracuse wins at home over Army 29-16. Syracuse is 4-0. We get to see them coming up soon. Marshall beats Virginia Tech 24 to 17. So Virginia Tech 1 and 3 right now, 0 and 2 on the road coming to Tallahassee in a couple weeks. Mm, tough for them, honestly. They're going to get us after rest too. I don't know. Louisville goes to 4 and 0 and beats Boston College 56 to 28. Louisville kind of having themselves a decent little season here so far. Georgia Tech beats Wake Forest on the road 30-16. to So that's it for the ACC scores. Let's go take a look at the top 25. Number one, Georgia beats UAB 49-21. to Georgia's offense looks like they're starting to finally get it rolling, but they're about to leave the state of Georgia for the first time here soon. So we'll, we'll see how good they actually are when they have to go on the road, which they have not had to do yet. 
Number two, Michigan beats Rutgers 31-7. to Kind of tough. I, I thought Rutgers would cover the spread here. Uh, Michigan was a 24-point favorite and won by 24, so crazy. They were able to cover. <clears throat> Excuse me. Number three, Texas gets a big win at Baylor, 38-6. to uh, Obviously, you know, number four, Florida State beats Clemson 31-24. to Number five, USC gets a win at Arizona State, 42-28. to Number six, Notre Dame wins a heartbreaking game over number nine, Notre Dame. Last second touchdown. Not last minute, last second. A defensive struggle for most of the game, but Travion Henderson is that dude. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. went down with an injury, hoping that that's not too serious. The dude's the best receiver in college football. That's not named Keon Coleman. And I, I, I'd hate to see him go down like that, man. Uh, Ohio State 4-0. And, you know, continuing to win the big games that they're notable for winning. So we'll see what happens down the stretch with Ohio State. But, you know, still doing it. This was a game that they, you know, they were looking pretty terrible. Their defense is good, though. Their defense is getting the job done. So if uh, McCord can get going with that Ohio State offense, look out for them. Number seven, Penn State beats number 24, Iowa, 31 to nothing. Number eight, Washington beats Cal, 59 to 32. Number 10, Oregon over number 19, Colorado, 42 to (laughs) six. Colorado would not score until the fourth quarter. And, you know, not going to be too hateful, but a little bit of a wake up call here for those Buffaloes and everybody who was, uh, Let's just say all over them. 42 to 6 victory for the Oregon Ducks. Look out for Oregon as well. Number 11, Utah gets the win over number 22, UCLA, 14 to 7. Utah is 4 and 0, and their defense is extremely dominant. If they get Cam Rising back, that's another team that you got to kind of look out for. Number 12, LSU survives at home. Over Arkansas, 34-31. to Need LSU to get some big wins going down the stretch. That way it looks better for Florida State's resume. Number 13, Alabama beats number 15, Ole Miss, 24-10. And golly, man, it just doesn't matter how bad of a season Alabama seems to be having. Lane Kiffin cannot beat Nick Saban, and that's a damn shame. In the battle of the Pac-2, the champions... Number 21, Washington State beats number 14, Oregon State, 38-35. to It's a damn shame that these two teams are more than likely going to be relegated to the uh, to G5 next year. And it's a damn shame that out of the, the, the potential schools to pick, the ACC is like, hey, Cal, Stanford, come on, SMU. What the fuck? Seriously? Ugh. Oregon State and Washington State would have been much better for us. Number 16, Oklahoma gets a win on the road over Cincinnati. Cincinnati's first Big 12 game score was 20-6. to We already talked about UNC, Duke, and Miami. Number 23, Tennessee beats UTSA 45-14. to Joe Milton uh, able to beat up on the little guys, but just, you know, going to reserve some opinions on him. He's not good. He's not great. And number 25, Florida survives. At home against Charlotte, 22-7. to It kind of seems like the Florida Gators are going to have a what Gators team is going to show up type of season. Because right now, man, they they just don't look good. 
last week they looked good. This week they looked like shit. It, it's it's weird. I, I don't know what's going on with this team. Uh, Ricky Pearsall, I have to shout him out. The, the catch of the year, maybe the catch of the century in this game. If you haven't seen it, go check it out on YouTube. Go try to find it. Ricky Pearsall catch. Dude, it was unbelievable. I, I hate giving the credit to any Florida Gator on this podcast, but what a play. But they sucked. They sucked last night. No touchdowns after the first quarter against a team that got uh, against a Charlotte team that got mollywalked by Georgia State and Maryland. Ugh, not good for the Florida offense. So that's it for some of the scoring recaps. And, uh, you know, next game is at home against Virginia Tech. Last time we played Virginia Tech was to open the 2018 season. I think we all remember that game. It was Willie Taggart's first game as head coach at Florida State. Remember, we were all locking arms and swag surfing in the crowd. It was a blackout game. Florida State wore the black uniforms. We were all hyped. It was a new era at Florida State. We didn't fucking score. It was 24-3. We kicked a field goal. Who cares? I could never hear that fucking song the same. Swag surfing. You know, I got that way. Ah, I'm done. I don't want to hear it. This would start just a brutal year and a half, two-year stretch, three years, four-year stretch for Florida State, to be honest with you. Finally got it going last year. And, and, you know, obviously rolling to start this season as well. But, God, that's the last time we played Virginia Tech. And they're coming back to Doak. So I, I, I believe this game is going to be just a little bit of a different story. So next week's episode, obviously we got the bye week going on. So I'm going to drop one kind of in the middle of the week. Um, going to be joined by a good friend of mine, the voice of the Florida State Seminoles, Jeff Colhane. And we're, we're going to talk, obviously, about what's happened with Florida State so far this season. But I want to try to have a conversation with him. And if I can't get him to really go into it with me, I'll do it by myself. Where does Jordan Travis rank among the all-time quarterbacks at Florida State? And this is right now, right? This is a this is without winning the ACC, without winning a Natty, without winning a Heisman. But he does stand alone at the top of the leaderboard now, and that's he's he's got what? If Florida State plays for the ACC championship and plays for a bowl, and this is what let's say we don't make the college football playoff, but let's say we play, we've played four. If we do all that, we'll play fourteen. That's 10 games to go. You got to imagine he's going to tack on to that lead. So he's going to have that lead by himself by a pretty good margin by the end of the season, uh, assuming he stays healthy, which he has not been so far. Um, Didn't really talk about some of the things that went wrong or right in that game. I want to actually circle back to that real quick, if you guys don't mind. I'll I'll speed through this. Uh, On the what went wrong, Florida State's defense is giving up a ton of yards this season. Uh, 429 yards uh, yesterday, and going into the game, they were ranked 101st in total yardage. And this is a stat that a lot of FSU beat writers have really, like, punched down on fans for, for caring about. But, you know, 101st in total defense – and, you know, they're not too bad in scoring defense, but I don't, it doesn't matter. Eventually, you're going to run into a team that's going to be able to make the most of these opportunities. Clemson wasn't able to do that, but you're going to run into a team that is going to be able to make the most of these opportunities. So that fucking defense has got to tighten up. They were really good in the second half. I, I like the whole second half team shtick. I really do. But you got to play four quarters at some fucking point, especially if you want to contend on the national level. Um, another thing that went wrong for FSU, 
Jordan Travis, while he did take the lead all time, he's just he's just clearly not healthy. Uh, he didn't run at all, which is something that I think really separates us from a lot of the teams in college football. It's uh it's hard to get the regular ground game going if Jordan Travis isn't a threat to pull it and take off himself, and he didn't do that at all yesterday, and for good reason. Obviously, we know he's hurt, but you know, glad we were glad he was able to fight through it, get the W. I don't think we win that game with any other quarterback playing he's able to fight through it got us a win uh now he's got two weeks to get better before before virginia tech comes to town so go Knowles, go jordan travis um now i want to talk about the what went right for just a second gotta shout out ryan fitzgerald four for four on field goal attempts this season but the key on it is that he's making them in big moments he had one against lsu that was a big time and yesterday from 48 yards out to tie the game in the second half. I just don't think Fitz makes that kick last year. He's clearly worked hard. He's clearly worked on himself to try to get better. So credit to him for working his ass off. He looks a lot better. And, you know, well, I think his first one was like 34 yards. I don't think it's good from 35. Yesterday I made a joke like, hey, that one was 48 yards. I don't know if it's good from 49. Who cares, man? It went through the uprights. It got three points on the board. Who cares? Fitz, you look great. Credit to you for working your ass off to get better, and credit to Mike Norvell for not giving up on him. And also want to shout out, as bad as the defense was yesterday, our linebackers have been absolutely incredible. Kellen Deloach, Tatum Bethune, DJ Lundy, they've all looked great. Second week in a row with a big turnover forced by one of those guys. Uh, Tatum Bethune, I think, leads the lead or leads the team in tackles right now. This is without looking at it, but either way, he's making big hits and he's always at the top of the leaderboard in tackles. Um, you know, last week DJ Lundy had the had the interception and came around on the uh, the ensuing drive on offense and scored a fullback touchdown there. And then, of course, you know, I already talked about what Kalen Deloach did this week the 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 sack or the strip sack, the forced fumble, the fumble recovery, and the fumble recovery touchdown, the scoop and score on his own sack. So great stuff there by the of Florida State linebacking core. And hopefully the rest of the defense can follow suit, man. I'm really looking forward to this bye week and just not biting my fingernails off for a week. So hope you guys are doing the same. Uh, once again, I'll be joined by Jeff Colhane for a midweek recording of some kind. He's the voice of the Florida State Seminoles. He took over for Gene Deckerhoff, and I think he's done an incredible job so far. So be looking for that next week as well. Uh, for now, go. I'm Kyle Wright, and thank you guys for listening. Make sure you leave me a five-star review if you've enjoyed the podcast, and if you haven't, just fucking go somewhere else. I'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>